Welcome to another GD podcast. I'm your host, Guy DeMarco, and today we are going to talk about my recent PRS match at Gunline Shooting. So stay tuned and check it out. All right. So this past weekend, literally yesterday, 14 May, I went and drove out to Carthage, Mississippi, which if you're not familiar with the area of Mississippi, it is in the southeast region of the PRS regional series. And Carthage, Mississippi is pretty much smack dab in the middle of Mississippi. It is about halfway up the state and it is halfway between Louisiana and Alabama. Um, It's about 40 minutes from Jackson, Mississippi, just north of I-20 and just east of I-55, if that means anything to you. But I drove up there Friday night after the wife got back from Delaware, uh, dropping her friend off and loaded up the car and started driving out there. Um, Got in about 10 o'clock and was meted by Greg Holloway, who is the partner out one of the partners out there and their buddy Morgan who we're actually going to talk to a little bit later because I did some interviews with them at the range and they were like dude what are you doing and I was like man I had to drive up here it's a five hour drive and they're like you drove five hours today for this match and I was like yeah so they ended up uh having a trailer out there so they offered for me to stay in the trailer instead of sleeping in my car so I definitely took up the opportunity of a bed instead of an air mattress so thanks Morgan appreciate you thanks Greg it was uh quite nice uh woke up the next morning get ready to go zero and everything like that now if you uh remember briefly I talked about um I don't I didn't talk about the MPA match well at the MPA match a couple weeks ago I shot, and then as I was pulling my uh, rifle out of my little wagon there to put it in the gun bag, to put it in the car to go home, I was like, oh, man, what's this silver screw doing? And I look at it, and it is my front action screw. Um, Apparently, you're supposed to check torque on things. Ah, forget about it. So um, took the gun out of the chassis, kind of retorqued everything, made sure it was tight, and um, went and re-zeroed the gun out at the range, uh, that morning, make sure everything was spot on and torqued properly. I was about a half mil high, so I dropped it down half mil and everything shot, uh, sub half minute, which is perfectly good for me. I know people are like, oh, it's a tack driver. It shoots one hole. I don't really care if the gun is a half minute or a quarter minute. I'm not good enough of a shooter yet to need to put the bullet in the same hole every single time. So that's just my two cents. But went out there, zeroed it, got everything tracking, got my velocity, 28-28, running um, Lapua Brass, Varget, and Burger 105s at about 28-28 consistently, hammering, did what I needed to do, um, and started shooting the match. So... They did nine stages instead of your traditional 10, which I'm totally okay with. And I kind of want to go over some of the stages. So like most places, everybody's got like a rock stage, right? Bunch of rocks, got to shoot off of them. Um, This is a stage that 
we didn't start on this stage. We actually started on stage eight. So this was our third stage, but I'm just going to go in stage order. So stage one, rock hard. Um, basically, you're going to move to one of the rocks and engage five triangles. Um, walk it out and then walk it in. But between your fifth shot on the farthest triangle, you have to switch positions. So uh, 343, 428, 511, 589, and 657. Um, I rocked the first two. Miss, 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 timeout. Um, not a good stage. I only got a three on this one and fired seven rounds. So not my best stage. Uh, I wish I could have got that one back. I think I would have changed my position a little bit. Um, I picked the lowest rock because it was the least amount of movement from the starting position. And it's kind of what everybody else did. I didn't want to like have to hustle up to the top of the rocks, but I think it might've been better to get a more comfortable shooting position for uh, myself. So dialing kept my face on the gun the whole time. Everything was going good. I just think I was missing on a little bit of left to right wind. Um, on my fifth shot, I saw it go over the top of the target. So I held bottom of the target and I should have held bottom left corner of the target. And I might've been able to get an impact. Triangles are difficult, especially at 650. So, um, yeah, that, that was that stage. And then walk it out. Um, this was start prone, 10 shots, um, six, eight, nine, nine, 96 and nine, 96. Um, so just a 10, uh, 10 shot, walk it out, two hits, um, walked, uh, got everything. And then, uh, was holding basically a little bit of left edge or left favor. And then, on the 10 inch diamond at 996, I missed left and then just gave it straight up and hit the target. So, and that was a diamond, 10 inch diamond at a thousand and hit it. So I got a nine. Um, there were people that were cleaning it, which was super awesome. Uh, stage three, nice racks. You had a plate rack at 500 and a plate rack at 700. Plate rack at five went from 12 inch to four inch squares and it was hit to move on. So 12, 10, eight, uh, six, and then four. And I was just off on that shot, but you shot this off of any position on tank trap. So I chose the center one, two, three, four, five. And then you had to transition to modified prone off a of tabletop. And I went to the 700 yard and dialed my dope, but I didn't dial enough dope. Um, I started at 2.4 or something like that and needed to go to 4.5 and I only dialed the 3.5. So when I took that first shot at 14, I sent it right underneath and they just started shouting dope, dope, dope. So I looked up and I was like, yeah, I'm a dope and dialed the right and then ran the rest of the rack. So um, I did miss, yeah, I didn't miss any shots on that one. So I did get an eight. So that was good. And then PRS barricades, a PRS barricade, nothing too fancy there. Um, got an, got an eight. So I cleaned it, uh, 54 seconds, 54, 48. So nothing too spectacular, but I wanted to make sure I got my, my hits, which I did. And then here's where, what I really liked what they did with 
the course of fire is they threw some different obstacles at us. Now, this stage was stage five. It was called phase 10 ammo bucket, 10 rounds. All right. On the signal, the shooter will move to a modified prone position, engage 10 targets left to right, must hit to move on. Shooter must load five rounds in their mag. Once the five rounds have been expended, the shooter may retrieve one round at a time from the drum. Now, these are all at 600 yards, and it was um, target 1 through target 10. It was a 66 Ipsic, 13-inch rectangle, a 12-inch square, a 11-inch plus, a circle, a triangle, 33 Ipsic, a 6-inch diamond, and a prairie dog and a prairie dog. So... Um, Wind was a little switchy at this this point of the day because this is when we were starting to get to the end of end of the day. Um, this was our sixth stage, and you they did have a little piece of flagging ribbon tied to the initial T post, but everything was probably twenty to thirty feet long. Is this is this uh, standard troop line uh, going across at six hundred yards? Everything was at six, and I, you know, one, two, three, four, missed my fifth and then had to turn around and grab one round off the table, drop it in and then run the bolt and then re-engage. Got a hit, turned around, grabbed another one and then continued to go down the target list. So trying to remember what target you were on as well as turning around, grabbing a new round. So you're breaking position. I really, really... Uh, like this one and the notes that I took was um, just some wind um, paying attention and uh, reading that range flag once I missed that uh, that second time I was like hey dingus just look at the range flag and see what it's doing if it's falling like if it's straight down like no wind if it's off to the side hold two tenths don't be dumb about it and uh, ended up getting a seven on that stage did a mover um, I rushed it it was, um, I need to go back and, and study how to use the speed option or the speed um, variable or the speed tool for measuring the speed of a mover in my Kestrel because I milled it at 10 mils. It said it was 3.6 um, seconds and it was giving me my lead of 0.69. Um, but it was... 1.5 to center. So I'm not a hundred percent sure what happened. Um, they were saying 1.5 to edged 1.5 to center. So I was just, I wasn't as stable as I wanted to be. And I really, really rushed it. I think I shot that whole thing in like 45 seconds and got a seven. I don't know why I decided I needed to burn it down. It wasn't a time stage. I don't know, but missed three shots, got a seven. Um, wish I could have had that one back. Um, I know I could have cleaned that if I would have taken my time. It was a 66 Ipsic at 500 yards, so that was just me being dumb. Um, big, medium, small was our last stage. I really like this one. I also wish I could have gotten this one back. Um, I don't know. I had two bad pulls, which really frustrated me because um, I was rocking and rolling on this one. It was uh, on the signal, move to the ladder and engage T1 with one round, T2 with one round, T3 with one round, then move positions to the stairs, 
repeat, move to the rooftop, repeat. Um, 12 inch circle at 396 was target one. Target two was a 10 inch circle at 355. And then target three was a six inch circle at 396. So target one and three were on the same berm. They were just next to each other. Um, they were super shot up, but they were still really easy to see. Um, and I had my 396 dope was 1.7 and my 355 was 1.4. So I decided to dial for the 396 and then hold under the three tenths at the 10 inch circle. While I milled the, um, the 10 inch circle at 355 and knew that I had enough, uh, enough space on that target to where if I just held bottom of the target, my bullet would obviously impact the target. And that's what I ended up doing. And, um, I ran the first prop clean, second prop clean, which were both not as stable as I would have preferred. And then got to the rooftop and was super, super solid and broke two bad trigger pulls. I don't like, I missed the 10, the 12 inch circle and the six inch circle. And I was rock solid the whole time. I just had bad trigger pulls. Um, I'm going to analyze that a little bit later in some of my training, but I think maybe that my hip was up against it. So I wasn't a hundred percent behind the rifle. I'm not a hundred percent sure what happened on that one, but, um, broke two bad shots, got a seven, uh, stage eight was a motorcade, um, three different distances, um, circle head popper circle at, um, the first range, which was 302. Then circle, uh, circle, circle, head popper at 397. And then 450 was uh, four head poppers. And basically you were shooting them front of the car, through the car, hood of the car, um, or trunk of the car. So that one was fun. Um, the It was off of some like small orange traffic barriers. Um, that were kind of angled. So they weren't straight up. So you kind of had to like pick your position on where you were going to shoot it. But the, the second, the second one that basically was in the middle was laid down and it was extremely unstable. You basically had to let, um, get your left and right good. And then as you were, um, wobbling, try to time that shot and get it, break the trigger as you're, your reticle was breaking the target and break the trigger because the whole the whole prop was super super unstable, um, but was able to clean that stage. That was my that was my only clean stage besides the barricade the PRS barricade, which I don't really count. But um, that was the first stage of the day, and it felt really really good. Um, so yeah, uh, felt felt awesome. And then this this last one shoot the gap and then some. This is my other favorite stage. This was a uh, 10 round count. And then it was a prairie dog at three, a gopher at 560, a coyote at uh, 567, a coyote at 631, and a hog at 690. The thing on the th uh, thing about it was, is you really had to hustle. Rifles start started on the bench, move, move to the, um, 
move the rifle, engage target one with two rounds, then move to position t on the tire and engage target two with two rounds, then move to a barrel, which was wobbly as all get out, engage target four with two rounds, move to, um, then move to the pipes, engage target three, two rounds, and then move the row row ties and engage target five with two rounds. So it went one, two, four, three, five as far as target order goes, which was really interesting because it kind of messed with some people because you could see both coyotes downrange. You just had to remember coyote on the right, coyote on the right, coyote on the right. So um, all in all, really, really good course of fire. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I was able to, uh, to do pretty good. I did secure um, first place for production which is nice. So that's going to give me some good points for the, uh, the series. I think that'll move me up a couple of spots. Um, I'm currently, I'm trying to look right now. I'm currently in like ninth place, um, which isn't bad seeing how I had such a poor performance at Volusia. Um, I'm going to bring that up right now so I can actually speak intelligently to what's going on. Do, 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 do. But it was uh, it was a really good time, really good time. I was really happy with my performance. Um, yeah, I'm currently eighth at 202 points, and I think I did the math right, and this will move me into sixth position. So it'll move me up two spots, and then hopefully I can I can secure some more points later on and uh, get a little bit better. But um, talking about our my performance, I think there was 87 rounds, um, fired. So, uh, 87 was the score to beat and no surprise here, but, uh, Jeff Gurry, um, wrecked house, um, with an 85. So he dropped two shots all day. Um, that is the closest I've ever seen to a clean match. Um, I don't know if anybody has ever cleaned an entire match before. I'm unaware of it, but Jeff certainly came super, super close. So in first place was Jeff with an 85. Mr. Tommy Tinsley, uh, Papa Tinsley got an 82. He was on my squad, um, and we dominated uh, – dominated he was doing so good he dropped five on the day and then matt utraska who dropped six on the day so two five and six and then it dropped um to fourth place at a 76 with michael fennel and then fifth was brandon burnett um looks like our top military excuse me top military was bryant krill so good job there um, with a 74 and then do, 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 gas gun. There was only one of those John Landis. Um, do, do, I don't, they didn't mark anything with, uh, with like who was a lady or male or anything else like that. So I just know that they called his name for top mill. Um, but yeah, I ended up placing 16th with 67 
67 rounds, so I dropped 20 shots on the day. Um, the rock definitely hurt me. <laughs> um, but 20 shots on the day um, is not bad for me, considering, like, the last match I did, I got, like, a 59. So I increased a little bit on this one, so I'm super happy about that. I got first place production, which is going to help me in the points, and I was second for military because I did message John Holloway or Greg Holloway and um, and to ask, and he told me that I was second. So that was super cool. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, great match. There was a total of 65 shooters. Um, we did have three DQs. Um, I guess somebody uh, DQ'd on the PRSB barricade. We did have one person DQ in our squad, and that was the result of uh, rushing for time. And uh, he loaded around, and as he was coming, racking the bolt, he wasn't even on glass or in the scope or anything like that. And he he nailed that trigger. Um, it was his last round, and I went ahead and stopped him and be like, all right, man, that was definitely an ND. Um, and unfortunately, he was done for the day. But he hung out and, and got a squad photo and did a bunch of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, Super, super cool guy. Uh, everybody's either DQ'd or AD'd or something like that. So if it's not, if you have, it's it's when you will. So it sucks, but it's all about part uh, playing the game and, and making sure that everybody stays safe. So that's what it's really about. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was a super fun match. I definitely look forward to going back and shooting more gunline matches. Twenty one minutes and fifty five seconds now. So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna transition over and we're actually going to listen to the interview that I did with Greg Holloway at the match in the back of the pro shop, and then we're gonna listen to first time shooter uh, first-time PRS shooter, Morgan, and what he gathered and learned and what he thought of his first PRS match. So stay tuned, folks. All right, folks, here I am at Gunline Shooting, and I am with Greg Holloway, and we're going to chit-chat about the range here and what they have to offer and what, uh, what went on today. So go ahead, introduce yourself, give us a brief background of who you are and what you do yeah hey guys uh my name is greg holloway i am one of the uh partners at gunline shooting um we're a call it a precision rifle based range um we've got 105 110 acres here that uh that we we've got multiple ranges that uh that go out steel targets movers uh lots of different barricades props etc and uh, like I said, it's membership membership based, and then we hold uh, numerous different types and styles of competitions here. Um, it's been it's a good place. Lots of lots of new shooters. Uh, we got a pro shop on site, and really, the pro shop's not a typical gun shop. It's it's really tried to be based on uh, what competitors uh, seem to be getting advantages using. Uh, you know, with the Precision Rifle Series, it's kind of cool because a lot of the, your competitors. Uh, have started companies, own companies, and the products that they make are, are, are truly uh, products that, that they feel help them to compete. And so those are the guys that we really try to support in the pro shop is, is the guys that are, that are 
um, that are in this sport, uh, support this sport. And uh, so that's our way of being able to support them. Awesome. So what disciplines do you offer here, like shooting-wise? So uh, I, I'd say that most everything is rifle-based. We've got a few pistol bays. We've got 100-yard zero range. Um, during the fall, uh, we will kind of shift gears and start start doing things for hunters, okay. uh, sighting guns, doing range guards, kind of teaching classes uh, to teach hunters how to shoot, you know, ethically 400, 500, 600, 700 yard shots, depending on what caliber they're running. And, uh, but for typically um, starting in the spring, uh, we're getting going on 22s and center fires. Uh, the 22 stuff's surprisingly uh, been picking up pace. Um, the center fire is, is also, but I think it's been around for a long time. You've got a lot of matches that happen, and uh, and I've really seen people enjoying the 22, uh, and that that also uh, I believe is driven off of the lack of of products people are able to get right now. Um, our shelves are full with different types of 22 match ammo, uh, but yet you know primers, powder, bullets, uh, you know you can you can find them some, but if you're not constantly on the lookout for them. You're not going to find them, and uh, or got your notifications turned on. That's right. Or. That's right. So um, I hate that that it's that way. Um, it, it, but it, we hadn't really suffered. Uh, we try and do things, and we try and source primers and powder and bullets for our members here to be able to go compete. Uh, we were able to get a, a large shipment of primers in, and uh, and we went to matches and tried to sell two competitors that are shooting these matches because yes, at the did. end of the day those guys are going to be the ones that support us and sign up for our matches and come shoot with us and so that was that was sort of our way uh of of trying to give back to the community and so we're going to continue to try and do that yeah because you guys showed up at the ag cup didn't you we did we we uh we sold about seven hundred fifty thousand primers uh at the ag cup and then we did about half a million at the mpa match um and and then uh we sell a lot out of our pro shop as well as uh just going to some of the one days just throwing primers in the truck whoever needs them text me let me know uh so you know it worked out really well awesome awesome um so as far as discipline you guys are running prs rimfire here prs rimfire prs centerfire prs centerfire yeah we did and we'll do we we've got three uh regional matches that we're doing this year for uh for the regional and then we've got a two-day Pro Series match in August. Okay. Are you guys doing any bench rest? We do a we do ABRA 50-yard bench rest. Okay. 22 bench rest. Okay. And then what I've seen on Facebook here recently, and I really wish I lived closer, is you guys are having like mini matches almost. Like it takes an hour to, to shoot this mini match. And yeah, can so, you explain that? Well, so I, I copied uh, I copied this. I can't take take full credit for it um, from uh, from some of the MKM precision guys. And really, what I've tried to think of the entire time, um, it, or what I guess one of the issues that I found is PRS. You've got to be decently athletic. Um, you know, you, there's a lot of kind of run and gun movement. Um, and not necessarily age-specific, but also if you have a neck injury or a back injury or a foot injury that, you, you know, it's hard to shoot prone um, or it's hard to, you know, get down on your knees and shoot at a specific height. And so I've always tried to figure out exactly how do I get the top PRS competitors teaming and shooting alongside 
some of the guys that would like to compete against them but physically cannot right uh, or don't necessarily want to to spend that amount of time and money that it that it truly does cost to, to compete so what we have is we've got five tyl kyl plate racks okay and um they're at 400 yards 500 yards 700 yards 900 yards and a thousand yards okay um the 400 and 500 the big big target starts at 12 inches ends at four uh 700 is from 14 to six uh 900's got a full size zipstick uh and then it goes from 14 14 12 10 8 and then the thousand yard has a 100 percent zipstick 66 um and it's got diamonds 14 12 10 so um the the way that it the way that it works is there's no time limit. You can shoot it prone. You can shoot it modified prone. You can shoot it sitting in a bench. You can shoot it positionally if you want to. There's no there's no rule on time or how you have to shoot it. Uh, the shooter calls their shot. So when they start, um, we'll get five six shooters uh, on the line and we'll start at the 400 yard plate rack, and the shooter calls the shot. So if he wants to go for the smallest target, smallest target's worth five. Largest target's worth one. He gets seven shots per rack okay so he can technically at 400 he can shoot the small target seven times and get 35 points and then he moves to everybody shoots 400 and then we move everybody shoots 500 uh until you finish at a thousand and usually we'll start kind of squad two right in there behind them um but uh yeah man it takes about 30 45 minutes nobody's gun overheats because you know you shoot you got four or five other people shooting then you're moving a distance and so um you know if you were doing just one shooter all the way out 35 rounds you're gonna be toasting some barrels so oh um, absolutely and it's pretty cool yeah that sounds awesome i'm gonna try and i'm gonna convince the wife that i have business in mississippi that i need to come do absolutely come and on come, and come shoot one of those they just it just sounds fun yes yes and it, 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 the people that um like I said, you've got the you've got the top competitors that show up and they're competing against uh, some of the some of the guys that wouldn't ever compete and and a lot of times the those guys are winning. Um, you got a lot of different gunsmiths that that are testing loads and testing all these all these different things. And what I've noticed with PRS, we we enter long distance shooting because we like sitting at a bench and shooting small targets long ways away. Mm-hmm. Pretty quickly, we move into this positional game, and that's where our focus goes. So 100% of our attention goes to shooting positionally, and anytime we're focused on one thing, we're getting you know better at something, we're getting worse at something else. So where we started out as pretty good bench shooters, prone shooters, modified prone shooters, we spend so much time practicing positionally that we kind of fall off a little bit uh, on, the, uh, on the actual precision, uh, precision side of the, 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 the house. And so... Running this, running it this way, I've seen a lot of our, our members, our competitors that go out and shoot. I've seen their scores increase because we've we've kind of figured out how do you make prone shooting, modified prone shooting, back fun again. It's okay. a competition. It's it's you know if we run a mini match out here, yeah, you're going to run one walkout or two walkouts in in some certain format, and then you're going to do three or four positional stages. So I really have seen it benefit um, the. Uh, the fundamental side of shooting sports, again, uh, as well as the eyesight. So everything's on chain, so you can really see. Spin. If you hit right side, you can see it spin. Uh, and, and those guys, I mean, shooting 35 rounds and then getting behind those guys and, and encouraging people to sit on glass and go, okay, he's shooting, but I want you to call his shots. Do you hit right side or left side? Because when you first get into this, that target reacts so fast. So if you hit the right side, 
the right side goes back, the left side goes forward. If you're not really paying attention and kind of training yourself, you think it was a left edge hit when it was a right edge hit because yep. it and, and right when it goes back, it's going to react and go uh, go back the other way. And so I really have seen it train people's uh, eyesight and fundamentals better than I've seen any any other tool. Um, and it, it, the camaraderie at the end of the day, I think, is what makes this sport what it is. The people that are in it, um, the uh, we're type A personalities. Uh, a but, lot of us are. <laughs> but 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 we like to help other people. We like to see other people succeed. Um, it's one of the only only sports that you know you you come off the line and give somebody the actual win call that you just held. Um, a we kind of know that win changes, but. Um, but it really is. It's been it's been really cool to see. It's, it's, we we have anywhere between 15 and 20 shooters uh, show up. If we have a match on Saturday, we'll do it on Thursday afternoons. Uh, if we don't have anything going on the weekend, we'll run it from 7:30 in the morning till 10:30, 11 o'clock until nice. Mirage gets too bad. I mean, yeah. Uh, the first time I came here was last year, and the Mirage ate me up towards the towards the end of the day. And then when we shot today, like. I don't know who was looking out for us, but we didn't have hardly any wind and hardly any mirage. And we're in northern Mississippi. And what, how far are we from Jackson? Yeah, I mean, man, we're 30 minutes, 40 minutes from Jackson. And we, like, I could see every target clear as day, all the edges, nothing was moving, nothing was dancing down range. It was awesome today. It doesn't happen often here. No, no. So, what did we have going on today? So we ran a uh, PRS regional match. Okay. Um, this was not a qualifier. Next match will be a qualifier. Um, but uh, so you can get on the PRS website. You can kind of see uh, matches that are in your – you can go in and, and segment it by uh, location, southeast, central. Uh, and uh, you can find all the matches in uh, in this region and the dates that everybody has. And so you just sign up to the PRS website, links, it, links you over to us. Uh, show up, shoot a, shoot a match, finish shooting, eat, drink a few beers. And that is, that has been occurring. Um, for sure. I showed up last night, um, cause I drove in from Florida and I pulled in and you were kind of like walking out of this chair, like who's pulling into the range at 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, it's me, Greg. And you had Morgan running around the backside of my car. I was like, am I getting ambushed right now? And they're like, where are you sleeping? I was like, I'm sleeping in my car. They're like, nope, you're sleeping in the trailer because they got this big old, what, 30-footer out, outside the pro shop. So y'all took care of me, in, which I greatly appreciated. Appreciated it. I didn't think that bed was going to be as comfortable as it was, but I didn't want to get up this morning. <laughs> um, and then you guys had zero at 6.30 and had everything, safety brief stage briefs for the ROs and you you guys do something a little bit different you identify ROs um per squad versus just have some random person do it that um that's on the squad which I I, I kind of like that way you have at least one person were all those people at least club members or shot here before or yep. how do you guys yep. how, how do you guys figure that out so uh with ROs I mean a thank you Anybody who's listening who has ever RO'd um, as a uh, match director, range owner, uh, I mean, ROs are, I mean, you've, you can't get by without them. We, we couldn't do matches uh, without ROs. So uh, when the PRS originally started, you know, it was stationary ROs, and one person had to sit there for six hours, seven hours, eight hours, however long, and run each squad through. And it, it, the hard part was these ROs are shooters as well. So uh, they, they have to make this decision of, okay, I'm going to RO this one and, uh, you know, I'll shoot the next one. 
Uh, well, the problem is you end up with people that only RO and shooters that never RO because they, they're not really required to. Uh, and so uh, I think there was a – I'm not sure whose idea it was, but there was a change in the rules that allowed uh, roaming ROs to where a shooter can also be the RO of the squad, which for one day is, is spectacular. Right. So most of my ROs are local members, shoot here, compete here, in the mini matches, uh, which is – how I'd prefer it because I'm able to work with those guys and they can see me RO a couple of squads and you know how do you do it because there's a there's a fine art of not feeling not trying not to make somebody feel rushed right uh, but also kind of keeping match pace, pace. um yeah I've kind of figured out if, if if a shooter's not shooting every 18 20 minutes he's starting to get bored uh if he's shooting faster than 10, 12, 13, 14 minutes, uh, he's feeling pre- he's feeling rushed. And so trying to find a little bit of balance there on squad size, uh, where we where we actually typically I'll always have one or two uh, open stages so that I, I don't have anything kind of bottleneck up on yep. me. Um, and I, I think that, that really that's, that's kind of how I try and get my ROs is, uh, you know, good ROs. They've got to be able to spot. They've got to be able to be good in glass. Etc. But I think at the end of the day, a good RO is just somebody who's personable, uh, safety conscious, um, can and they can handle shooters without making them feel rushed, but not also creating bottlenecks for right. for the entire match. Right. Good. Uh, good point. So we had how many shooters did we have today? We had about sixty-three shooters today. Sixty-three today, and we had um, we had hardware for first, second, third, top junior, and top lady. Yes. Correct. How do you determine what hardware you're going to get? Yeah, so um, that's I've been kind of, I would say, learning as I go. Okay. Um, and I look at the previous year. Uh, I look at the competitors, you know, how many seniors do we have? How many law enforcement, military guys do we have? Um, and if I've, if I've typically only got, you know, one junior shooting the match, and that's the way it happens all year, um, you know, if I were a junior and I was the only shooter do you know, it, yep. you're going to get the trophy, great, but I'm not sure you you necessarily get the um, the inward. I I earned this, you yeah. know, I deserve this. Um, so uh, so a little bit of it is, you know, I kind of try to think about think about that as well. I mean, we always um, announce who those winners were, uh, but you know, if I've got a match, it's got two or three ladies, three or four or five ladies, then I want to make sure that I have a, a ladies trophy. Yep. Same with juniors, same with law enforcement, and you know, we've been. Uh, so we're three years into this, and uh, and each of our matches have, have gotten bigger. Now, time of year can affect that a lot. Uh, being in Mississippi, man, it gets hot, it gets miragey, it gets all those things. And so, you know, uh, typically our our January February match is, is usually our biggest match. Yep. Uh, and then you'll see you'll see June July, uh, you know, kind of fall off. But that's why today was so awesome, man. I mean, it was um, 75, 80 degrees. There was cloud cover. Uh, there was zero wind. I mean, uh, we were we were shooting straight up to like a tenth, maybe two tenths at a thousand. Yes, which kind of makes it hard for a, for a match director. Uh huh. Because I mean, it, it, they were calling for ten to fifteen mile an hour gusts today uh, with a chance of hail. Uh, luckily, we 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 didn't get any of that. And uh, and the wind just, I mean, there in the afternoon, I felt it every once in a while. Yeah, it picked two, up two, three miles an hour, but yep. I mean, nothing. I think the high, highest I saw it was four. Yeah, yeah. Um, and everybody was like, "Well, was there anything down there?" They're like, "Straight up, straight all, up, all day, straight up, all day." But 
and that's good and bad, right? Yep. As a shooter, you know you, you can't – not a whole lot of, uh, you know, the wind shifted on me or it stopped or exactly. whatever. It was – what you did is what you did. I know I know what I did, and it was not hit enough targets. <laughs> um, but it was it was a good course of fire. I, I've done well the, the two times I've come here. So I'm going to keep coming here because it's my secret. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome here anytime. The uh, it with some of the ranges in south central of the southeast region, um, no longer no longer hosting PRS matches. Everything's kind of a. I think you guys are my shortest drive at five hours. Yeah. Um, I've been to down to Volusia. I've been to G, uh, GCP. I've been to what is it? Emma Milwaukee down there in South South Florida. How was that? It was awesome. So, the match was good. Yeah. But it was also python hunting season. Oh, cool. So, I bought the $25 novice tag and yeah. went and drove around all night looking for pythons. Didn't find anything. Yep. Still fun. Still fun. Like, go go try and hunt a python in my in my pickup truck. Drove around all night. Went down to the Everglades and did, like, yeah. so I went and fished uh, Lake, uh, oh, my nephew's going to kill me. I can't remember the na- name of the lake, but. Anyways, uh, had a great, had a great time. Um, all the GCP guys down there took care of me, and they're yep. like, "Do not sleep on the range in the pri- the old prison camp. Like, come stay with one of us." Please. So it's an old prison. Uh, yeah. So the 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 range sits on like an old prison camp, I guess. Yeah. Like the main headquarters is where the prison used to be and then there was some like the guards and stuff like that there was like there's an offshoot on like the backside, and uh i stayed over there i didn't stay in any of that the the houses or the right. little condos or whatever i just backed into one of the carports and like threw a tent up yeah and just sweat to death because it was middle of july yeah but i mean i had a good time i was you know had my little campfire going and you know plenty of bug spray and drinking beer after after i got done snake hunting woke up shot the match went around went snake hunting some more went and fished at the lake and yeah. it was a great time sounds like i've, I've, Super, I've seen those guys Super but i haven't been able to get down there i mean um, it's a i mean it's a long trip for you it was eight hours for me from where i'm at right right i think um you know you look at where shooters come from in the country and you can kind of figure out what they're good at Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go out to Oklahoma and those guys will kill you in wind on yep. walkouts. Um, and so in the southeast, uh, with like today, very little wind, um, you put big targets out there and they're going to get hit. They're going to get hit. Um, so, you know, we try and be a little uh, a little unique and adding a little movement or um, I like the mental aspect of. of you guys of, had a really good mental stage today. Yeah. Yeah. And it, those are always good. You don't I don't like to do too many of those because you kind of wear yourself out. I mean, we, yep. we are in this to enjoy it, but at the end of the day, um, a lot of these, a lot of the match directors that I've seen really good, really good match directors. I mean, you go out to like Clay's match uh, and uh, Clay and Tate do a really good job about target sequence, target order, um, you know, moving positions and which targets are, are, are shot, from, are, which are shot from which position. Yep. And, and they do, they do really good. I mean, they're not difficult targets, but they're not testing necessarily uh, your ability to hit the target is the ability to follow directions and hit them yep. in a specific order under stress. Yep. And uh, so I think as a match director, 
the one thing that's helped me the most, and um, I say helped me like I've succeeded or something, um, I, don't, I don't think there's ever a success at this. But I mean, you're selling out matches. I call that a success. I hope so. I hope so. And, we, and, and I, you know, I, I credit that to the shooters. You know, we try and create a product and a, and a place that people enjoy uh, to be and, you know, leave it to leave it to them on, on – because they've got a lot of options, man. So uh, to see that many people show up here and choose us, uh, very flattering. Uh, and we, we want to continue doing what, what we're doing uh, in, in order to keep filling up matches. And, and you know, and we're – wide open on uh on those but one thing that i've that i try to do is go shoot other people's matches and not the same matches over and over uh go look at it at another match director's course of fire and go through it um and a lot of times if i'm not able to go to a match that i would like to go to i'll get somebody to send me their course of fire uh and i'll kind of go through that because i think as a match director you start looking at stage design a little differently Yep. Even from, you know, where are the long range stages? Are they one, two, three, four, kind of right in a row? Uh, are they spreading them out? So uh, when you're shooting stage one and eight, they're about the same distance. Uh, they're dealing with about the same wind, target size, so that you're not really kind of giving the match away to, to three stages or four stages that Directly are kind of right in a, there in a row. Yep. Uh, so if I get, you know, wind picks up and it's super miragey and there's just things going on, and, and that's when I start – uh, begin those three stages, and it just kind of, you know, you drop shots. You do the best you could do, but, you know, the guy who got it first thing in the morning, first thing in the morning. you know, he was he was straight up. And, you know, first thing in the morning, it's got its, you know, I've, I've seen more uh, elevation issues kind of when the sun's coming up and shades are starting and stuff like that. So I don't think necessarily first thing in the morning is just, just right, but, but just going to shoot other people's matches and really looking at what they're doing, why are they doing it, and, and kind of taking an after-action report what did I like about that match? What I did not like about that match, and then being able to incorporate that into 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 our place. Uh, I don't know if I'm unique enough to come up with anything on my own, but you know I can copy uh, seven things from from other people from and other figure matches. out how to kind of uh, hybrid approach things together. Uh, and like these one days, man, I'll I'll test things. Um, I'll do your basic stages that that everybody's going to have, and then I'll throw one or two stages that that either I want to see how people uh, how people do on time or points for our two day match, uh, or you know for exactly. you know and 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 so I, I think these one days are, are really great. Um, I think for the shooters out there, if you're going to go shoot a two day somewhere, man, go shoot one of their one days. It yep. is the absolute best way to go pick up you know, four, five, six, seven points that you probably would have dropped just from not uh, not knowing uh, yep. that there's a valley that goes through there. You know, the, the mirage is going to kind of trick you right here. I mean, Alabama um, has this little hill on their long range, and it's got one mirage on that hill, but it kind of goes down in this little little valley. And if you're not paying attention to, to a few things that are kind of not in direct line of sight, you're going to miss a little bit of what's really going on down there at the target. Um, and so – you know, uh, home shooters kind of have that advantage, but yep. go shoot a one day and you've got the same advantage. Yep. So, um, I've shot a bunch of the matches in the south, the southeast. I haven't shot Alabama. I haven't shot the match that they have there at Mulberry. I haven't shot K and M. I ro'd K and M. Yeah. But I haven't shot K and M. So those are kind of on my list this year. Yeah. To try and get to. Yeah. Um, just trying to get uh, travel arrangements and making sure, like, the wife doesn't have a photo shoot and stuff. Because you're right. I mean, that's that's how you learn the flavor of the match director is by right. going and, and shooting those matches. Or 
ROing their two days. Yeah. Um, everybody knows I RO a metric crap ton. Right. Um, being my home range is Altus. I do their their two days, uh, the Kestrel and the AI. I RO those, and then I shoot all their monthly matches. Yeah. So um, I'm having a blast with that, and that's kind of where I started cutting my teeth. And then I was like, I shot all of the – the one day's there, and I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this PRS thing, I need to branch out and start going to some different I, some different things to see some different things. Yes. And that's when I came out here last year, and I went down to South Florida, and I went to Volusia this year. Right. And, um, yeah, Volusia, when you're shooting across the water and you see the water going one way, the water going the other way, and the water going back the other way in like a hundred yards. You're just like, oh man, what is the wind doing? <laughs> I don't, e- I don't even know. I'm a hold in the middle. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna try, try and hold in the middle and see what happens. Um, so you said you got another match coming up that is going to be the regional qualifying match, and you said that's in September. Yes. And then you guys are actually hosting the the southeast finale, correct? We are. We are. Um. That's uh that's again, um you know we that's a that's a sign of success for uh, the powers to be to 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 a you know see us as a place that they believe that could handle it, um b would like to propose you know uh, that they're proud to 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 hope for us to host something that has their name on it so, um yeah the uh the the finale is going to be October 22nd. Uh, Bushnell is the title sponsor of the finale. So okay. it's one of the only regional matches that you'll see that kind of has prize tables. Um, yep. And uh, you got to qualify. Uh, I got to, I really need to kind of brush up a little bit on exactly how many shooters qualify. And then when it opens up to uh, mm-hmm. kind of the rest of the people that want to, want to be able to shoot it. So, you know, a lot of the course fire today was, you know, again, in preparation for that two day and also knowing that you've got the, the regional finale, you know, you're able to kind of step out a little bit, a little smaller targets, yep. uh, make it a little more difficult, a little more pacey. Um, and so it's kind of fun to be able to uh, I have an idea of, you know, a stage. And so I may use two stages to kind of test how how something works for, for time, for flow, for points, um, all those things to, to kind of you know, be able to use our one days to, to perfect yep. uh, what is going to be our two-day course fire and the regional finale course fire. That's awesome. Is there anything else you want to cover before we uh, we start start beating on Morgan, our, our first-time PRS match shooter yeah, today? Yeah, and, and, and we, uh, to just set the, uh, set the pace of Morgan's a personal friend of mine. Um, he's never held the gun that he shot okay. today. Um He's he's got a Bergara six five Creedmoor that he hunts with. Uh, no six five PRC. Okay. Uh, not a Creedmoor. Um, he's shot one twenty two match, and he he never practiced. He never done anything. He never put a a, a a gun on a bag on a barricade before. Uh, and I just we just shot it together. So he just used my dope. Here we'll load mags. You know, just a buddy of mine. I'm like, man, I think you'd enjoy this. You're an athletic younger guy. Um, smart enough, you know, yep. and, and it seems like something to be up your alley. So and he did really well in the 22 match, and so we were on the phone the other day, and it's actually his camper that we that we got. And I was like, man, bring your camper up there. Uh, I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't walk alongside you and shoot this match with you. Um, but uh, I'll load 100 rounds, shoot my gun. Uh, he's never seen the reticle inside that scope. I didn't even give him any directions <laughs> on on what the reticle was. So I'm shooting a Leopold right now. 
uh, and it's quarter tense, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm sure probably everything he's used to is two tense. I don't. He's probably still doesn't know that they were quarter tense in the gun. But man, um, uh, it'll be it'll be cool to hear kind of his side of, you know, because that is brand new. A lot of guys are too afraid to have a gun, low develop, practice. And still sign up for a match. Yep. Um, but it's intimidating. It's intimidating. Um, but it's really cool to uh, I always tell people, like, if you want to know what to practice, go shoot a match. Like, don't go try to practice perfectly so that you can go shoot a match. Go shoot a match, and you're going to realize, like, okay, all right, I, I need to do this, 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 and this. And uh, I, I, I see people's placements. You know, they come shoot a match like this and finish 50th. And then they'll go back to the drawing board. And they know what to practice, et cetera. Next time they come back, they're 30s, you know, mm-hmm. top 20s. Um, and then, you know, then it becomes a little bit more of um, uh, the the constant practice once you want to start breaking into that top 20. Because, you know, five or six points at this point in the top, you know, 10. Uh, I mean, you could go from 15th to 4th, you know, I, over five points. If I – if I would have done better on the rocks, if I wouldn't have shanked two on my last stage and then just done a little bit better on the mover, I would have been top 10 today. Yep. yep. And I mean, I didn't do bad. I was 16th. I'm super happy with that. That's right. top 20 for me. Yep. I'm super happy with that. But it could have been better. It could have been better. could have been better. We all keep coming back, don't it, we? Exactly. It it's keeps us. Like, I personally don't know anybody that has shot a perfect match. Yeah. And Jeff Gary gave it a run today. He was down two. Exactly. And uh, I'm not saying I did or did not do this, but I went over there on one of the harder stages and made sure he knew I was there and I was watching him. And he drops two. I was like, <laughs> like man, <laughs> I can't believe you let me get in your head that way. Uh, man, he's 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 tearing it down this year, man. He's, he's fun to watch shoot. Uh, this great is guy. his, what, fourth or fifth win this season? Yeah, he won an Oklahoma match, and, man, Oklahoma matches are no joke. They, I go to Oklahoma some. They, 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 I mean, that's where I go get my humility so I can oh, come, yeah. back over, come back over here. Um, I, I want to go take some of their classes. I mean, look, I, I think they've got it figured out. Um, all the JTAC guys, um, I think, are, uh, A, they're great guys. Uh, yep. B, they're in the sport, support the sport, um, and, and support people that are supporting the, the sport. sport. Um, and so to be able to support those guys every way that we can, uh, we all run, you know, actions, or yep. impact and foundation and, um, you know, manners is our title sponsor. We push manners a lot. I mean, there's just, there's good people. Yes. Um, it's a, it's a personality thing on what gear you want to run. Uh, all of it's really, really, really good when you get at the top. Yep. Um, and so, uh, but no, I want to go, I want to go learn from some of those guys because I, I think they've got, they've got a few uh, a few things that you know somebody like me who shoots a good bit um you know once once they say it it becomes common sense you know exactly and then i can start putting it into practice but you know here it's hard to hard to practice you know a 15 or 20 mile per hour wind because um, you ain't got it i don't have it and yep. uh, our range is actually blocked pretty good by uh berms um and as well as trees a lot of trees on that and, uh, on that far left so, side so switchy um, really good at switchy, really good at picking up wind change directions. Um, but when you get into that big wind and bracketing and all those things, um, I've shot in Oklahoma twice, and both of both of the, both of the times I was in a pro series match, uh, and it's really not the best time to, to be learning when you're when you're competing. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, I mean Tate's invited me multiple times to come out there and, and hang out and shoot with him. Uh, I just need to take the time and go out take there the and time and do it and go do it. Sweet man. 
Well, I appreciate your time. We're going to get Morgan in here and see what, yeah, man. Thank what you. he thought it was going to be, what he expected, yeah. and then what he actually what yeah. actually happened. Yeah. He's got a face for radio. He'll like it. <laughs> All righty. I appreciate you. Thanks, guys. All right. As promised, we're here with Morgan, who shot his first ever PRS match today. Now, what is your experience? Well, first off, who are you? How did you kind of get into this? And then what's your experience level overall shooting? My experience level is a beginner, and then it's me, so I don't have much experience. Uh, um, bought a deer rifle. Okay. Roll with it. All right, I roll with it. So <laughs> my experience level is, is slim. I didn't grow up shooting. I always was interested in shooting. Bought a, a Bagheera 6.5 PRC. I heard about gun line, had the opportunity to shoot a thousand yards. So came out, Tim and Greg got with me and, and kind of showed me the ropes, showed me how to shoot a gun properly, give my training. Went to a thousand yards first day and, and hit a steel plate at a thousand yards and it was exciting. So Were you uh, hooked? Oh man, it's bragging rights. I mean, oh, every, yeah. every time I get the chance to tell somebody, hey, I shot a six inch round target a thousand yards have you ever done that nobody can say they have that i know so yeah it's addicting um what got me more interested in it is i didn't feel out of place at all everybody here was wanting me to learn wanting me to get better wanting to show me tricks nobody was trying to outshoot me ever okay um but today was, was the exact same i didn't have any gear I came with just myself. You got me. And your nice trailer, which thank you for letting well, me sleep in your trailer uh, last night. That was awesome. A five-hour trip, you deserve to sleep in, in, in the bed. <laughs> I couldn't let you sleep in your car. <laughs> but, uh, man, it's the, the atmosphere here has been just welcoming. It's, it's really hard to explain. My expectations coming was going to sit in the corner and, and watch. Right. And just wait for my name to get called to go shoot. Okay. But it was prepping me, helping me even before I even got to the stand. Awesome. It was great. Awesome. So uh, you didn't shoot that 6.5 PRC today. No you way. Shot, you shot Greg's rifle. And I don't even know what I shot. I know it was a 6-millimeter Okay, uh, probably 6GT or a 6BR. A da dasher. Dasher. Dash a Dasher. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you shot a 6-Dasher today. Um he said he had a Leopold scope on it. Yeah, fantastic. You never looked through it, never, never held it, anything else like that, and you just went out there and. And I think I shot well. I mean, I had fun. Forty-five out of sixty, what sixty-seven people? Sixty-three. Sixty-three people. Yep. So I think that's pretty successful. In my I I would say for your first ever match, yeah, because I know a lot of people that go out and shoot their first match ever, and come in last or second to last or third to last. Even if I came in last, I would have. I mean, you're going to learn a ton regardless. I, if I could start over today, I would be I would be 30% better yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Um, so the only other match that you shot before this was a 22 match, 22 right? match, yeah. So you shot, you shot to 1,000 yards with your gun. You shot a 22 match with Greg. And then since how Greg's the match director today, he just kind of loaded up some rounds, handed you a gun, said, it's, it's, go enjoy uh, yourself. Hey, here, I'm going to put you with this squad and go have fun. And I'm assuming you had fun. I had a blast. You had a blast. So 
what I'm what I'm hearing is a lot of people are super nervous to get into the competition realm because they think, oh, I don't have the gear or I'm not ready or I don't have the equipment or I've got a gun, but I don't I, I don't load develop mm. per se myself and like factory ammo is not good enough to win. Like, I don't think it's so much about coming out here and expecting to win. I think it's coming out here and just shooting and bettering yourself and having fun with random people. Right. I mean, is that a fair fair assessment? Yeah, exactly. So nobody here was competing against me, it didn't feel like. Okay. Everybody, we were all wanting to win, shoot our best. Hey, don't do that. Hey, you're doing this wrong. You don't expect that in many sports. Everybody's kind of out for themselves, but it wasn't wasn't like that at all. If anybody's wanting to get into this long-range shooting, go to a match. Just okay. go, to, go to one. And you'll see it's not what you're thinking it's going to be. You're not going to be out of place. Okay, so awesome. I highly recommend it. Um, and I know we we do the same thing. Like uh, when we're when we're shooting 22s, we have loaner guns. We've each each person that has continually come back, like season after season, has upgraded gear at some point. So I've got like three 22s mm. that are just sitting in the safe and every match I grab one or two of them and just bring them, whether somebody's gun goes down or we got a brand new shooter or somebody shows up and they bring their girlfriend mm. and she's like, Oh, I don't want to shoot. I'm like, Nope, you're going to shoot. You here's a gun. Here's ammo. Here's all the stuff you're going to need. I've got all the dope already figured out range cards for each distance, everything. And she's like, Oh, I don't want to do it. And then she gets down there and she starts shooting one or two stages. And she's like, Oh no, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that's what it's really about is cause you're, is it fair to say that you want to keep doing this? Oh yeah. I'll be back. You'll Definitely. be back. Yeah. So, you know, that's what, that's kind of why I'm doing this podcast is one to give Greg an opportunity to talk about gun line here, but also new shooters that are listening that are sitting there and like, ah, uh, yeah, that sounds really fun, but sounds like those two guys have been shooting for a long time. Mm. But this is your first match. First match. First centerfire PRS match. I, I grew up deer hunting, shooting 100 yards. Right. Never had – didn't know what dope was until I come out here. I didn't, didn't grow up doing it. Okay. So – I'm green. Su <laughs> you're wearing a green shirt, super green. Um, so coming from that hunting background, do you think that – some of the stages or some of the processes that you use today will benefit you when you go back to hunting? And if so, what what would those be? Well, when you're hunting, you, well, how I hunted, you sit in a blind and you prop your gun up on a rail. Today, I was in different positions. I could easily go in, into the woods and find different positions to get on a good shot, to make a good shot on animal. Okay. Just based off what I learned today. Right. So, like, having a... Any situation you put me in, I could try to find a good spot like a, a, a decent tree branch yes. putting a putting a bag in it or on a, on a rock or, or a rock or you know a broken log like we were shooting off the the railroad ties today right. like that's about the diameter hey, of most a trees or a tractor tire tractor tire like yeah. that was definitely an odd one right uh, mm -hmm. um uh, we shot off that ladder so you know round branches a, a smaller diameter like it's all 
it may not be your traditional hunting. You're from a tripod. You're prone. You're off shooting sticks. But a it moving, can all somewhat translate. The moving target? Moving target. Wow. How'd you do on that one? One out of ten. I hit one. Hey, but you hit one. Yeah. But have you ever, th- like, had to sit there and think and calculate what the lead on something like that was going to be? Not at 400 yards. Yeah, not at four or 500 yards, uh-uh. right? No. So, you know, if you're if you're shooting a deer that's running across a field, you maybe put a little bit in front of it. Or, or just yell real loud. Yeah get, stop, to, yeah, get them to stop. And you, you can yell as much as you want. That mover's not stopping. I, I tell you, my confidence in shooting a deer over 500 yards, I could – shoot a deer at 500 yards easily in confidence now awesome that's awesome Mm. so what would you want to tell a new shooter or a hunter that's thinking about coming out to a match what do you what would you say to them to get them to come out here or one of your one of your buddies from you know hunting camp from deer camp well i can tell you what i've tried to get them out here and they say well i I only have a, a 270 it won't there's no way i can shoot that far and I'm like, easily you could hit a thousand yards with that. Oh, easy, easy. Just, just come out. That's all I can say. Come out. Let somebody here walk behind you and show you how to do it. It can be done. Absolutely. And, and, and if you're the if you're the if it, you're a first time shooter, we know you're not you're not gonna. Don't worry about what kind of gun you have or what kind of placement gear you have. or anything. Whatever. Like people are gonna help you. Yeah. And even if they say, hey, I want to shoot the match, but don't put anything in for my score. Yeah. I'll just keep paper score for myself. You, you don't have to have a $10,000 gun. Yeah. You don't have to. Just bring I, bring what you have. I shot my very first long-range match with a box-fed 308. And that's what most people are going to say they have. Yep. Probably a, a, Remington, like a, a Woodmaster or something. Yep. Remington 700. Yeah. And went out there and – just had fun, duplex reticle, no hashes, no nothing like that. And I was like, oh, can I look in your scope? And they're like, I'm like, man, that's a lot of hashes. They're like, what's in yours? And I was like, just a crosshair. They're like, how are you hitting the target way out there? I was like, well, according to this little thing, it says 12 inches of drop. So I just but held two and a half plates above the thing and sent it. And they're like, holy crap. But I do have to say, a good scope does help. I oh, mean, yeah, I, uh, definitely. I good mean, equipment does help, but. But you could have a. You could have your deer rifle with a good scope on it. Oh yeah, and it and good scopes aren't aren't you're not breaking the bank anymore. No. Like I'm running a Strike Eagle, a yeah. Vortex Strike Eagle, and that's plenty enough scope. And I hit a thousand today. What you shot top twenty? Yeah, sixteenth, top yeah. twenty, something like that. Pretty yeah, impressive. And you know, and that's a uh, air quotes here budget optic, right? Mm-hmm find them on euro optics for 600 bucks or whatever like it's totally doable yeah there was a guy today that shot a 308 deer rifle and he didn't come in last place it was his first match ever see there you go and loved it he, he's he's out there still shooting right now <laughs> is that the guy that's yeah, out there it, at the thousand yards two hours later he's still out there shooting well i don't blame him shooting's fun yeah sweet man so are you going to have to hit up Greg to see if you can get a rifle built or just keep borrowing his? Or what's, what's I, your game plan from here I'm, going uh, forward? Two times borrowing Greg's gun. I don't know how many times I can – I don't want to ruin my welcome and <laughs> keep shooting Greg's gun. So, I think we'll we'll talk. And I, I think one more one more uh, competition, I think I'll be ready to 
make a move one way or another. So, like, still being super green and super new to it, what do you think caliber-wise you would go to? Well, you want, think something that you can buy off the shelf or something you'd have to reload for? So, so I bought the Big Air 6.5 PRC. Okay. Thinking, thinking that that would be a great starter. And, and come to find out real quick that that has way too much power and it's too light. Okay. And it's hard to stay on target, see your impacts, to make corrections. Okay. So shooting this gun of Greg, it's a six six millimeter. What weighs what? Eighteen pounds maybe. Probably. I can shoot and never flinch, and I can see the bullet going through the air, and hit my target and make an adjustment to the next target. That's that that's that was a game changer. I bet. But as far as if you were to buy a rifle or build a rifle, what six, do you? I like the six millimeter that I shot today. Six millimeter. Yeah. Okay. Would you go like something you'd have to reload for, uh, or something you could buy off the shelf, like six Creedmoor I, versus a Dasher? Or? I want something I can buy off the shelf. I, okay. I'm not. I don't have the time or the space to start reloading, but okay. I would definitely want something I could buy off the shelf and shoot. Sounds like six Creedmoor is in your well, future. Well, I guess man. so. See. Creedmoor, I like it. You can find that ammo everywhere. Yeah, six Creedmoor is pretty pretty available. Way more so than six five. Yeah. But yeah, six Creedmoor, and I mean they got the pro shop here, so I'm sure that they can get it for you. All right, maybe I can just get Greg to load me a bunch of ammo. <laughs> There's people for that. Yeah, yeah. I know it. Uh, sweet man, is there anything else you wanna you wanna throw out there before we wrap this up? I just come do it. Don't think you're gonna be out of place. I mean, I was nervous. Didn't know what to expect, and just come shoot. All I can say, give it a shot. You're gonna love it. Sweet, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, hey, hope to see you at the next match. Hey, man, thanks. Yep. All right, everybody. That was the interviews with Greg Holloway and Morgan. So I hope you enjoyed that. If there's anything that you want to hear from different match directors or different shooting locations in the southeast please let me know and I will do my best to get out there and get that information for you. So once again, this is another GD podcast. I'm Guy DeMarco. You can follow me at all of my socials at hot GD rod on Instagram, or you can follow the podcast page at another GD podcast, all one word. Um, if you are listening to this and you do like what you hear, please go on to Apple podcast or wherever you enjoy this podcast from and leave a review leave a like give us five stars give us four stars give us whatever you feel we have earned but once again greatly appreciate it and let me know in the comments what you guys want to hear if you want to hear more match interviews or match breakdowns or my thoughts or opinions on how things are going in the shooting world the limited amount that i'm in it let me know awesome appreciate it talk to you guys next time later